Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks, and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. And in this episode, we're going to look at the important topic of how people make decisions. As sales professionals, what we do is help our customers to make decisions. So I thought it would be good to understand some of the science and the psychology behind human decision making. And we have in the studio with us, as ever, my esteemed colleagues, Phil Jesson, Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. Now, Graham's a bit of an expert on the old psychology stuff, and he has been scarily, spookily accurate in being able to predict how certain political decisions have been made recently. As we're recording this episode, we're right in the midst of the uh, Brexit uh, debates that have been taking place in the Houses of Parliament here in the UK. And as I mentioned, Graham's been very good at, at being able to predict how those decisions will be made. So we thought, Phil and I, that we would put Graham in the hot seat and grill him about human decision-making. Oh so, Graham, what are the most important things the sales chat show listeners need to know and understand about how people make decisions? Well, as a salesperson, what you need to do is to get the person you're selling to uh, to make that decision to buy. And so what you want to do is make sure that you do everything that makes them make that right decision. Okay, and um, such as give us some, give us some, give us Graham some. top tips, and backed up by science, however, and research, please. Science and research, absolutely. Oh, okay. Now you're testing me. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we need to do is to make people survive. Uh, so, in your brain, there's a thing working away at this very moment, making sure that you survive. So, your survival instinct is the most important part of your, your brain. It's trying to keep you alive, because if we don't keep ourselves alive, unfortunately the human race can't repopulate. And so there's this whole device inside our body to make us survive. And so everything we do, every decision we make, is based upon will it help us survive. And so survival instincts are some key things. So there are various bits of those survival instincts that as a salesperson you can tap into. But surely we live in, you know, many of us listening into this live in sort of developed countries and there are no particular risks to our survival etc but why why is that s still relevant because the survival bit of your brain has you know it's only been around for a million years and in evolutionary terms that's like a blink of an eye so actually for that to change to adapt to the way that we're living at the moment it's going to take another few million years so at the moment we're still trying to get our brain is still trying to keep us surviving and it really is important because as a species and we are just an animal species like it or not uh, that all a species does is try to reproduce itself that's the essence of being a, a biological entity so is this a this is more of a, an unconscious yeah. instinctive force absolutely rather than a conscious yeah you're not aware of it it's going on the whole time 
Yeah, so everything you do is about survival. So one of the key things about survival is that what you need to do is to preserve energy in your body should there be an emergency. Okay. So we're sitting in a, a, a room now. If the fire alarm were to go off, we would have to you know, run out of here because otherwise if we were to stay, then we might get burnt. And so we wouldn't survive. So your body knows, your brain knows, that at sometimes there are emergencies, and so you need energy to expend to run away from that threat to your survival. So your brain is constantly trying to preserve bits of energy so that you've got enough to escape should there be a problem. And is that is that does that lead to say the phenomenon of snap decision making, for example, because that uses less energy in the brain? No, but what it means is that what your brain is looking to do is to do everything with the least amount of effort. Because if we commit more effort to something, we're using up more energy, and therefore you're less likely to survive. So what your brain is doing all the time is to get everything you do to be done with the least amount of effort. That's something as salespeople we can tap into. Because if we do something for the people we're trying to sell to, that enables that person to buy from us without committing much effort, if we're able to show them our products or services and it doesn't involve much effort on their part, compared with the competition that might make it more difficult for them, they're more likely to want us and our products and services because we're getting them to commit less effort and therefore their instinctive part of their brain is going, this bit is going to help me survive so more. So this is, it's just so easy to buy from you yeah. folks that you, so that, there's a thing there, making it easy for the customer? Make it easy for the customer, but also everything you do, make it without much effort. So for example, if you're trying to explain a service to them, You've got to explain it in words of one syllable such that they don't have to think very hard or ask lots of questions or take extra time because all of that tells their brain this is taking me more effort and their brain doesn't want that to happen. So it's about simple communication. It's about ease of buying. It's all those kind of things that make it so simple for the person you're selling to that they can do it without committing much effort. Their survival instinct then kicks in and they go, yes, I like this. Okay, makes sense. I think, I think the survival instinct, if I've understood you correctly, will also kick in, won't it, when uh, the decision that a buyer makes keeps them ahead of their competitors and therefore they will survive and the competitors may not. So that would work at that level by going ahead with our products and services so to speak they survive their competitors do not so the, the competitive bit of survival yeah our brain doesn't really worry about that our brain is worried about our own individual survival so this is biological this isn't comparing us to anything else this is just about ensuring that you as an individual survive so at a personal level sometimes we are selling to people whose jobs are on the line and they know it but if they go ahead with our products and services and keep their jobs, then they survive in that sense as well, don't they? They do, but that's a more conscious part of survival. I'm talking about the instinct, oh, okay. the, the, so the limiting the amount of effort that you take to enable your biological survival. And the more we do that with people, the more likely they are to make the decision to go with whatever it is that we're doing.
So the easier we make it for the customer to make the decision, the more likely they are to make that Absolutely. decision. Okay, yeah. because it's evolution, it's efficient from an evolutionary Quite. point of view, yeah. it's preserving energy in the brain. So the counter to that would be if you make it too difficult and complicated, you're potentially tapping into the wrong part of that that instinctive instinct. Yeah. So they, they move away from you because they don't want to do it because their brain is telling them this is too complicated, it's going to affect your survival, so don't do it. Okay. And so so what relevance is Phil's comments in terms of, so if we move out of that instinctive area now, we're maybe going to, to higher order areas of the brain function. For example, that risk risk perception, the risk of you as a supplier to my, you know, if I, if I contract with you as a supplier and you mess up and I'm kind of held to blame. Any, any thoughts, commentary on that? Yeah, so we're then making decisions which minimise the risks for us. So we see this in pricing. So when we're looking at pricing, people are trying to minimise the risk of spending too much money or too much budget or the getting the wrong product yeah. for whatever money. So they're trying to minimise the risk. That's linked to our survival, but we're now consciously thinking about it. So yeah. we're now consciously thinking about, is this the right decision? And every time they're trying to minimise the risk. So as a salesperson, the more we can demonstrate the risk is less the more likely they are to make that decision. And I know when we were having a brief conversation before we, we, uh, the, before we recorded this episode, I, I guess linked to that is also the area of trust, isn't it, as well? If I, if I trust you, that risk perception will be lower. What else? I mean, trust, trust is kind of a big word, isn't it? So how does that influence decision-making? Well, trust is also related to our survival because we can only survive as human beings if the people around us don't threaten our survival. Yeah. So actually what we need to do is trust all the people around us. So built into your brain is the whole concept of do I trust all the people around me? If I trust them, I'm more likely to make the decision to be with them. So again, this goes back through millions of years of evolution that if we don't trust someone, mm. if they're kind of outside our group, we see them as outsiders and we want to protect ourselves from them. You see this with animals, that they will get together in their their herd and another herd is seen as the yeah. enemy. This is and where uh, testimonials are going to be very yeah. important, isn't it? Because if a salesperson has gone to meet a prospect and is now five minutes into the conversation, clearly that is not going to generate a lot of trust. But if that salesperson's got a five-year relationship with a happy customer who has provided a testimonial, that is going to be of more influence on the prospect. Yeah, and the, the important thing about that is that those testimonials have got to come from people who are like the person who's yeah. trying to make the decision. Because <laughs> it's all very well having a testimonial from you know, company A, but if company A isn't like my company, then I don't trust them because they're outsiders. They've or, got or to the be... Job so, or the, so or the job holder. Or the job... Finance directors need testimonials Quite. from finance directors. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the, for, the, for the trust transfer, for want of a better yeah. expression, to take place, it needs to be with someone who seems very, very similar or identical yeah. to me. So, so I, that would I, be the point. I, I point this out online a lot. So, you, for example, if you've got a hotel that's got a website trying to get customers, you think of a hotel, they can get all kinds of customers. They can get people who are coming to stay for the weekend. You've got weddings, you've got conferences, you've got business meetings, you've got a whole load of different things. So what pictures do you put on the website to attract those people? So what they try and do is then 
have rotating pictures, which means when I land on the website and I see a picture of a wedding, immediately I don't trust that hotel because it's not like me. Mm. I'm looking for a business person to in a business meeting, and therefore I don't see them, and that I'm not in the, those people are like me, so already my trust is reduced because I'm not in the group of people who'd be protecting me, is the way my brain so is working is, it this out. This is sort of moving into sort of things like social proof and, so, yeah. and social factors. So importance and relevance of that to well, decision-making? The other thing about decision-making is that I need to match my group. I need to feel good in my group. And so therefore, anything I make a decision about is going to affect how other people think of me. Yeah. And so consequently, what you need to do is to make sure that when you're selling to someone that their decision to buy is going to make them seem good amongst their group of people. And it may be their group of people are their colleagues at work, or it might be other, you know, in your example of finance directors, it might be in their world of finance that they need to look group. good. Yeah, networking group that they need to look good for. Or the golf club. Or, or the golf club, yeah. yeah. So you need to salesperson to find out who their group is and then you need to help them make the decision that will make them look good in that group. Mm. I mean this is fundamental sort of human need for approval isn't yeah. it I guess at, yeah. a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a foundational level so we're talking safety survival yep. approval yep. feelings of comfort yep. and some of these are conscious and some of these are in fact they're most, both aren't they? Most yeah. of them are subconscious yeah, so most of them we're not aware we're making those decisions. We're not aware why we're making those decisions. What we do know about decision-making in the brain is that if we were to stick people in a brain scanner, you can see where the decision is being made. So yeah. we, we know that it's called the left prefrontal cortex. So that's where decisions are really made, right above your, your left eye. And it connects back to the emotional centers in the center of your brain. And when those two things connect, that's when a decision is being made. Yes. So it's an emotional kick and it's a the logical bit of the front of your brain is connecting to the emotion and that's when the decision is being made so we, we can see it happening in a brain scanner because i quoted in uh, my book neuroseller and how neuroscience empowers your sales process was piece of piece of research showed 95 percent of the influence is that emotional more primitive regions yeah. on, on, on decision making which is it was a terrifying statistic yeah. when i when i saw it i thought crikey is it that much but it is isn't yeah. it i mean it is and what happens is people make a decision to buy from you uh, emotionally and then that remaining 5% is the logic at the front of yes. their brain justifying the emotional decision they've made. And that emotional decision is based on all these things like, am I going to survive? Uh, is it easy? Uh, am I going to look good amongst my group of, that I need to look good at? And do other people like me also buy this kind of thing? And all of that is emotional. I, th I think it would be... a Good idea if we can just summarise what we are hoping that our listeners will go and do as a result of understanding this particular yes. yeah. episode. So, Well, I think what you need to do is, first of all, understand the person you're selling to and understand what makes them tick emotionally. So that means having conversations with them, talking to them about their personal things. Many good salespeople will do this so they know that... And they research before you And research, them. yeah. So 
but you know that they that they're a key member of the local finance networking club so you know they need to look good in that group so mm. then everything you talk about is about you know when you go to your networking club and talk to people you you're making some connection with them mm. you know that uh, you know they've only given you 20 minutes for the meeting so you already know that there is somebody who's going to need rapid decision making so you've got to do everything that makes it easy for them inside 20 minutes to make a decision because these people want to make decisions quickly yeah. to survive so yeah. all of those so research finding out who they are and then ticking those boxes and giving them examples that are just like themselves so that means rather than giving them a great you know wodge of testimonials just give them the two testimonials from people who are exactly like them yeah and, and, and there is something in there isn't there I think around the making sure we have clarity uh, about our communication, that it's concise, not necessarily short, because some people will like to take on more information, but it has to be clear and easy for the brain to absorb the information, absorb your sales argument, understand your key differentiators versus your competition, and explain it to them in a way that is very easy for them to understand. It's not about patronising anybody, but is, particularly if you're selling anything that may have some complexity, is reducing the complexity as much as possible because confused brains don't buy anything. Quite. I mean, one way of thinking about that is that more people with a degree read the Sun newspaper than who read the Times. So, and that that just shows you that actually they're getting the news in a quick, easily digestible format. Just because they've got a PhD, they're very clever, they can use long words, but actually they want that information that they need to get in an approachable way. So the reading age of the sun is about eight years old. It's much easier for them to grasp it, even if they've got a PhD. So more people with those kind of degrees read the sun newspaper then read the Times. And for, for listeners outside the UK, um, The Sun is a very popular tabloid, tabloid short, newspaper, short yeah. and sweet style newspaper where The Times, which probably more people have heard of, is a much more in-depth and, yeah. uh, and uh, academic kind of kind of paper. That's an interesting, that's an interesting uh, analogy. People yeah. want the information, but they want it nice and quickly and easily yeah. in a way that their brain, can, their brain can digest. Okay, any other quick tips for our sales chat show listeners on decision making i'm just trying to make a decision about that <laughs> i think don't put people on the spot when you're asking them questions is probably the, the but also you, uh, there are other episodes um where we've touched on this topic and for example decoy pricing where graham talks about yeah. you know the number of factors to involve in a decision so i think that's another episode if you've not listened to that that will be a great one to to go and listen to so hopefully that folks has given you some food for thought in terms of helping your customers to make the right decision helping them to make the decision to buy from you and uh, good luck with making your customers make those good decisions it's been simon hazeldean graham Jones and Phil Jessen from the Sales Chat Show, an absolute library now of free episodes like this one on all sorts of topics related to sales and negotiation and winning more business. Find those at saleschatshow.com or from wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you very much for listening. We would just like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks.
have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 